With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's happening, y'all? Come on in. Uh, IG Live. It's Tuesday night. It is 9.50 Mountain Time, so it's it's almost midnight on the East Coast. But don't even pretend like y'all are not up. Um, So come on in. Tell me where you're watching from. We're going to chat for just a few minutes tonight, talk about Boulder. We're going to pray. And then we're going to talk about rejection and mommy and daddy issues for a moment. I'm going to take a few questions tonight. So do me a favor. Use the question mark button at the bottom. Uh, Type in your question. I'll bring it up. I'll answer for everybody tonight. We're going to take some questions tonight. Shalom, everybody. Come on in. Let me know where you are watching from tonight. And uh, we're just going to chat for a few moments. Uh, I'm going to start, of course, talking about Boulder. No doubt. I think the world has seen the news. Boulder is roughly, uh, hey, Chicago, Chi-Town. What's going on, Chi-Town? Boulder is uh, roughly, it's 120. 120 on the east, east, east coast. Come on, Canada. Uh, but uh, Boulder is roughly, what, 20 minutes from downtown Denver. And uh, Shalom, Aurora, uh, good to see you. Hey, Philly. And, uh, of course, there was another uh, mass uh, shooting. Hey, Tampa, Aurora, good to see you. Denver, um, uh, yesterday. Hey, Florida. And uh, we want to pray uh, for everybody that's involved uh, with that situation. Of course, um, you know, living in Colorado, can I be honest with you? Um, there is a lot of that in this area. There is, uh, in this region, if I was to go deep with you for a moment, there is a general, um, uh, that is, I, I want to be careful with my words. There is, in this region, you see a lot of that. This is the same state of Columbine. This is the Century 16 theater shooting place. This is a church being shot up in Colorado Springs. This is now the shooting in Boulder. This is John Bonet Rams. I mean, this is this is a lot um, that where you see those types of situations in this area, and uh, and so we're gonna pray for that. Can I say? I just get you to put the prayer hands up wherever you're watching from. I see you guys from all over where you're, wherever you're watching from. What's going on, Pastor? The People's Bishop. Yes, sir. Um, in my in my sweats, just got back from the gym uh, not too long ago. Uh, but uh, we're gonna. I want us to pray uh, for that. Uh, and for those that are involved with this, one of the things that I have not, in all candor, I've not looked at a lot of the news coverage concerning um, this. And the reason uh, for that one is just what my schedule has been. But number two, there is something disappointing that, uh, just to be frank with you, that happens um, uh, with the media. You know, I saw talk about uh, you know, well, was he mentally disturbed and uh, and uh, mental illness and all that type of thing? And and one of the things that concerns me with the media, especially with situations like this, is how quickly narratives begin to be created, predicated upon um, the the individual that has perpetrated a crime. Uh, even when you saw in Atlanta, to all of our Atlanta family uh, last week, uh, the shooting there. I think wasn't it ten individuals there? Was it eight or ten? Somebody tell me what number was it. Uh, in Atlanta last week. And the first thing that they did, I saw one of the um, one of the reports was saying, you know, he went to church. I said, what the, what does that have to do? Um, the, the, the man has murdered some people and you all want to talk about he went. Thank you for that. Went to church. So one of the things that bothers me about the media is that um, if you are one race, um, you get treated a certain way um, when you do something. If you're another race, you get treated a different way. Uh, and it's just glaring. Um, it's just glaring. It's just pretty obvious. I don't even think they try to hide it anymore. And so one of the things that concerns me with that is when things like this happen, we immediately want to jump to narratives um, rather than one, uh, first giving those that are grieving an opportunity to deal with their grief. I mean, can you imagine King Supers? For those of you unfamiliar with it, King Supers is like our, our Kroger, uh, for those of you in the South or like our Publix here in the Denver and the Colorado area. And uh, and so you got people who are mourning, you got people who are dealing with a bunch of shock and what have you that just went to the store to eat. Uh, I was watching one of the Atlanta interviews and there was a girl, she said that Sunday her mom 
They were supposed to go celebrate her mom's birthday. She overslept and she texted her mom. Let this be revelation. She texted her mom saying, well, I got plenty of time to see you, so it's okay. Um, whatever good you can do, can I just get you to type this? Do it now. Like, do it now. Like, what, whatever good you can do, whatever you want to do, seize the moment that you have now. So we're going to pray. For those situations, both Atlanta uh, and for Boulder. Father, we pray for the families that are involved. If you're just coming in, drop those prayer hands if, so I know you're praying with me. Um, we pray for those families, um, those friends, those loved ones that were involved with these situations, God, in both Boulder and in Atlanta, God. And we send your shalom, God. We pray, uh, Lord, that you would give them peace that surpasses understanding that you, God, would be with them and that you would even use what was evil and turn it for the good, that you would bring them, uh, bring those families to you, God. I pray that you would use this evil, God, that you would do what you do so well. Romans eight twenty eight. you would turn it for good, both in Boulder and uh, for those uh, in our Atlanta area, God. We pray that you would allow it for up uh, to be a signal to us, God, to maximize our moments. Come on, y'all, let's pray, to maximize our time. Your word says, God, that we are to redeem the time for the days are evil. That means we are to take it back. I pray, God, that we would take our time, God, and that we would use every moment of our lives to advance what you've called us to do, what you've created us to do. I pray, God, we would have no wasted time. Come on, type that on the screen, that we would have no wasted time. We would have no wasted days, God. We would have no wasted moments. That we would be those, God, where the scripture says that you would teach us to number our days. That means that, God, that we would, uh, as we count up in birthdays, heavens is, is counting down. You says that you have, a, you say, Lord, that you have appointed us to us the boundaries of, of our years, God, that you literally have numbered our days. So we pray, God, that we would maximize our days. I pray we would not stay stuck in bitterness. I pray we would not stay stuck in pain. We would not stay uh, in wounds, we would, but we would be healed. That's the series we're doing this month, God. Group therapy. Therapy means to heal. That we would be healed so we can maximize every single day of our life, God. I pray against distractions. Come on. I pray against those that are lots, L-O-T-S, lots in the Bible. That means uh, hidden motives and agendas. We pray against and we shut down every lot. We pray against and we shut down every distraction, God. We pray against and we shut down, God, everything within us that would operate in fear. We rebuke the spirit of fear that is within us, God, so that we would move forward with boldness. Your word says in Proverbs 28 that the righteous are as bold as a lion. I pray that we would not be timid. I pray we would not be timid. I pray we would not be shy. I pray that we would reach for what it is that you've ordained for us. I need somebody to type reach on this screen tonight. Come on, Instagram. I'm only on one platform tonight. That we would reach for it, God. Whatever it is, we would reach, we would reach, we would reach, and we would seize, God, that we would realize this is our one shot. This is not the rehearsal. This is the performance. This is not this is not a, 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 a tryout. This is it. This is the one shot we have. And we were born from the time that we are needed most. And it's now. And I pray that we would reach God and that we would seize, that we would reach and we would seize. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Listen, guys, uh, uh, I'm going to take a few questions tonight. I see them coming in. Um, I'm going to take three questions tonight. So I've got room for one more. If, can I get you to um, uh, any question you've got? We're talking uh, Boulder, of course, Atlanta. Uh, and then we pray for that. I also want to talk tomorrow. This night's message um, at Wednesday Night Live Bible study is uh, called help. I have uh, rejection and abandonment issues. Oh my God. It's going to be amazing. Sunday's message is help. I have mommy and daddy issues. Wow. The hands you were shaped in can sometimes be the hands that bring your greatest suffering. Did you hear what I just said? Sometimes the hands that you're shaped in can be the hands that bring some of your greatest suffering. And so in all of that, those are the messages as we're in this series, group therapy. Um, and so in all of that, it's going to be uh, amazing messages. And so I want to talk real quickly about that. How many would say just off the top that you think you've got some type of issue as it relates to rejection or abandonment? Rejection is someone has pushed you away um, where you were expecting acceptance. So rejection, you, rejection can come from a friend. Rejection can come from a family member. Rejection can come from someone that you thought you'd have a long-term relationship with. Abandonment is when someone literally, they, um, they leave with no intention to return. My God. 
You can be rejected and the person return, but when you're abandoned, they have no intention to return. Rejection means to push away, uh, and we respond to rejection through grief um, because what grief is our human response to loss. And rejection is the loss of desired acceptance. I see several hands that are up. Um, uh, how many of you would say you have both? If you have both, just say both. You think you got rejection and abandonment issues? Talk to me. I see several hands that are up. You think you have both rejection and abandonment issues? What happens um, when you're rejected or abandoned? And tomorrow night, I'm going to show you this in the message. So don't miss church. If you're in Denver, be in the building. Can I get you um, a few of you to type this on um, to text harvest to 55498? When you text the word harvest to the phone number 55498, you will get our app. You can you'll get notifications when we go live. You get my podcast You get our messages so much. I see several saying both. One of the dangers of rejection, everybody listen to me because I don't know how far um, in the message um, there's always so much I want to communicate and so much I want to teach and minister. That's like, that's just so much I want to do. Like I can literally preach every day, 365 days and never repeat something um, just because there's so much that I want to share, especially for the people I lead. I want to see them do well. Guys, I got spot for one more question. It can be about relationships, rejection, abandonment, anything. Um Along those lines, healing, wounds, that's our serious group therapy. So I got space for one more question. Um, you can develop a fear of rejection. And can I be honest with you? Here's the danger with a fear of rejection is it's more powerful than love. Did you better say it? Rege- the fear of rejection is more powerful than love. Let me prove and let me prove it to you. Adam, um, Adam is in the garden, and I've taught why Adam was this way in the message of the Spirit of Lilith, but Adam was in the garden. God is his father, his pastor, his his bishop. God is his guy. Like literally, he is being mentored and fathered by the ultimate father. Great question. Can I get you to put that and use the question mark and put it in there for me so I can bring the question up in front of everybody? Um, and Adam disobeys God. And when he disobeys God, here's what Adam thinks. Adam thinks he's going to get rid of me. He's going to leave me. He's going to walk away from me. Now, there's a reason he thought that um, as it relates to who predated Eve. And if you're like, what in the world is this before we're talking about? Please go watch the message. Do yourself a favor and go watch the message or listen on our podcast, The Spirit of Lilith. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, but with that, he had no indication. Everybody listen. He had no indication that God was going to do him that way because he had never seen God rejected. And that's the crazy thing about a fear of rejection and abandonment. You will think everybody's going to do what one person did. Y'all ain't talking to me tonight. You will think that everybody will do what one person did. You will think that everybody's going to do you like that one person did you. So Adam takes on this same mentality. Why my comments stop? Adam takes on this same mentality. Adam thinks God's going to leave me. I screwed up. I messed up. I did something I was not supposed to do. So he develops this mentality and he thinks that God is going to leave him. You think that everybody will do what one person has done. And so consequently, while that person who rejected you is gone, the fear of rejection remains. So here's what happens. You then begin. Here's how you know, because some of you are like, but I don't know if I have rejection or abandonment issues. Let me tell you. If you think to preemptively reject, let me get them before they get me. Let me quit the job before they can fire me. Let me quit the relationship before they leave me. Y'all ain't talking to me. Let me get out of this friendship before they get away from it. Who has ever acted like that? Let me do this before they do that. I have seen people do that to me as a pastor and a spiritual father uh, and a man who has poured into people. Since I was in elementary school, I've poured into people. I have seen people do things and then they think that if I find out what they've done, that I'm going to get rid of them or I'm going to throw them away. And so consequently, they try to th- they throw me away before I can throw them before I can throw them away, <clears throat> not knowing I was never going to do that. Has anybody ever been on the other side of that where somebody it's called preemptive rejection, where they preemptively reject you? Somebody says your entire life you were a runner. I need you to put the word were because you're not anymore. I rebuke that spirit of running. Y'all ain't said nothing. If you've been a runner in your life, just say this, no more. And I need you to type it just like that. Put some hood on it. No more, N-O space M-O. No more, all right? So consequently, um, what happens is Adam Adam runs. The Bible says 
Him and his wife, they make coverings for themselves. So they stop acting in transparency. So when you fear rejection or abandonment, you are no longer transparent. You become a professional pretender. When you fear rejection or abandonment, you become a professional pretender. I'm going to say it a third time. When you fear rejection or abandonment, you become a professional pretender. So literally, every time people meet you, they never meet you. They meet what you've covered yourself with. And the problem with you covering yourself is that you were never created to cover you. That's why God gives you shepherds. That's the purpose of a shepherd, to cover you, to be the overseer of your souls, the Bible says. You were never created to cover yourself. They made covering for themselves. And when they did make coverings for themselves, um, the Bible says they ran and they hid themselves. Shut up. They ran and they hid themselves. I did. I just say professional pretender. Um, they ran and they hid themselves. They hide themselves from God. God comes into the garden. And this is amazing because this is like God is omnipresent, but there's <clears throat> there's another level to God. It is the Kabad, K-A-B-A-D. For my note takers, type that in. We're almost done. We've been on for 16 minutes. I don't plan on being on longer than 30. The Kabad of God. That means the weight of God, the glory of God. So God's glory literally uh, anthropomorphizes himself and walks in the form of a man before we called him Jesus. Shut up. Because they have conversation. God walks in the garden. He's a spirit. Spirits don't walk. Spirits move. Spirits move. The Bible says that he walked. Come on, y'all. That means that it, when he's dealing with Adam, he deals with Adam in the form of a man. So he goes to Adam and, he's, and he says, Adam, where are you? The Bible says they walked in the cool of the day. He says, Adam, where are you? He hid himself. And when he hides himself, God's like, where are you? Now, God does. Listen, God never asks a question to find an answer. He asks a question to see where you at. Did you hear me? God never asked a question to locate an answer. God didn't need to try to find out where is Adam at? He'd never ask a question in order to obtain or ascertain an answer. He asked a question to see, Adam, what's going on with you? Do, because you're not acting like my son. You're not acting like my daughter. You're not acting as a leader. I have seen people I'm like, you're not acting like the person I poured into. Come on. You're not acting like a spiritual something. You're not acting like a, you're not acting like a harvest. You're not acting, you're not acting like what's been poured into you. What, what's going on with you? And in this moment, this is good. And in this moment, it's, where are you? And so obviously the Lord knew exactly where he was. He can't hide himself anymore. Like he's literally trying to hide behind a tree. It doesn't even make sense. When you've been rejected or abandoned, your fear isn't even logical. You will try to hide yourself in plain sight. And some of you do this. You hide yourself in plain sight because you fear what people will do. You could speak and say something amazing, but you shut your mouth because you don't want people to reject what you say. Um, you have the right answer, but you don't want to say anything. Y'all ain't talking, but you don't want to say anything. Because in your mind, you know, well, what if they don't like the answer? Well, what if they criticize the answer? What if they laugh at me? Who am I talking to? For many of you, these fears, uh, they started at home. These fears, they matriculated. They grew in school because kids would tease you. You would come up with stuff. You'd say stuff. And so you learn to silence yourself. You learn uh, not to uh, not to be outgoing. You learn, you know, I'm not talking to anybody. And so you begin to shut down. Conclude. You begin to shut down and God is like, hey, man, um, hey, son, listen, what is going on with you? That woman, that woman you gave me to be with. God is like, did you do? And I'm, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, what's going on? What, what did you do? Um, well, we knew we were naked. And so, you know, we hit ourselves. You hit yourself. You hit yourself. And listen to God's question. Who told you that you were naked? In other words, here's what God says. Let me tell you something. The way I made you was fine. Why are you ashamed of it now? Y'all ain't talking. The way I made you was fine. Why are you ashamed of it now? I'm going to say it a third time because some of y'all are missing it. The way I made you was fine. Why in the world are you ashamed of it now? Re fear of rejection, fear of abandonment. So what does he do? Guys, if, if you can share this, share this tonight. I'm going to get to these questions and then we're out of here. So... Um, he said, did you eat from the tree in which I told you not to? And what does Adam do? Watch rejection and abandonment. Here's how you know you have an issue with rejection and abandonment. You're a blamer. Can you be honest with me? If you've been a blamer in your life, just do that hand wave emoji. Or some of y'all got that good one where you can do the hand like that. I don't even know. I don't know that one. I just know this one. But some of y'all got the good one where the man's a man and the woman's like that. All right. 
Um, <clears throat> and so in that, it, he, when, you, when you fear rejection or abandonment, you like to blame because you don't ever want anything, any light on you. Y'all are not talking. When you fear rejection or abandonment, you always blame other people. It's my husband. It's my wife. It's my spouse. It's my mama. It's my cousin. It's my uncle. It's my umpty. Well, if you knew what I had to go through, well, if you knew this, well, if you knew that, stop. I just need you to say, I will not blame. Come on, everybody type that. I will not blame. Even if you're watching this on a replay, because y'all know we'll put it on a replay. You know, play on all of the social networks uh, later on, probably tomorrow or Thursday, something like that. I, I, he blames. And then what happens? It goes to Eve. And then for Eve, God says, listen, what is this that you have done? She does the same thing. So the, the danger of a fear of rejection and abandonment, everybody listen, is it's a contagious virus. When you get around people who fear rejection and abandonment, that virus transfers to you. This is why you got to be careful who's around you, because many times you will take on the spirit of the people that are around you and not even know that you've done it. I will say it again. You will take on the spirit. How about now? This is a mess that you have to get off of. How about now, guys? Can you see me now? Can you see me now? Are we good? Are we good? Somebody tell me I'm good. Please, somebody tell me. I'm good. Thank you. All right. This is a mess. How do you have a terabyte of Internet and the doggone thing is buffering? This is crazy. Anyway, I tell you what, I ain't going to have that problem tomorrow. They're going to they gonna get it together. They can come take it all. All right. And I'd look. <laughs> it's a mess. Anyway, a fear of rejection and abandonment. What do they do, guys? It will make you learn from God. And so it is more powerful than love. If you grew up in church, I was saying sometimes people say, oh, I just want to have agape love. You can't have agape love for another person because agape love is the love that God has for people. It is not a love that uh, people can give to one another because it requires no preconditions and no conditions. And that is not a love um, that humans have the ability to give to one another. All right. I know y'all laughing because I just how is this? How you got a terabyte of Internet and the doggone thing is buffering. Like, come on. Yeah, I, you know, listen, I've been holding on to Apple for a long time, but they got to come on. Anyway, all right, so uh, we're going to deal with this fear of rejection and abandonment um, tomorrow night. So don't miss it. So, kind of, I get you to make sure what time is it tomorrow night? Seven o'clock Mountain Time, nine o'clock Eastern Time. I need you to be there. I know turning off Wi-Fi. I know it, but I shouldn't have to turn off Wi-Fi. I'm one of these people who I'm like, yeah, I can do that, but I shouldn't have to. It should work. Like I pay for it to work. I literally, they get money to work, not for me to have to turn it off. But anyway, it's going to be good. Let's go here. How many of you, you think you have got any issues from uh, your parents, from your parents, mother, father, mother figure, father figure, someone in a role of authority over you. How many of you think you got some issues like that? It's probably IG, not your internet. Ah, hmm, that's interesting. Thanks for sharing that. Hmm, that's interesting. I, wow. Okay. That's good to know. Thank you for sharing that. Um, it, but the only reason I think it may be my internet is because it does it on FaceTimes too. My FaceTimes will freeze. So that's the only reason I think it's the internet. Um, all my life. Wow. Come on. Talk to me. Definitely. If you, if, um, the hands that you were shaped in, David says like this, he was uh, um, born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Um, born in sin is indica indicative of his, his Jesse, his father's relationship with David's mother. We don't know anything about David's mother. We just know that it was so tumultuous that Jesse didn't really want to deal with David a lot. He didn't really want to deal with David a lot because in 1 Samuel 16, when all of Jesse's sons come before Samuel, the man of God, to be uh, anointed king, David is the only one that's not invited in the house. Um, it suggests to us that there was such a tumultuous relationship that when Jesse saw David, he was reminded of the wounds of the relationship with his mama. There are some people who have issues with you because of who you remind them of. Their issues are not with you. I need you to not take certain things so personal, even though the wound was personal. Did you hear what I just said? Don't take everything so personal just because the wound was personal. Um, do not take everything so personal just because the wound was personal. Um, and so you, you see that happen. He said, it was born in sin, but watch this, shaped, shaped. Here it is, in iniquity. Iniquity means generational sin. Pattern, ge uh, destructive patterns that are passed down and around down and around. 
So David is literally saying the hands that shaped me were jacked up. And consequently, I got some of the jacked up from the hands. They're in me too. It's in me. The hands that reared me, the hands that carried me, the hands that brought me up, that shaped me, those hands had some mess. And now the mess that was on those hands is now on me. Is there anybody um, on tonight or even that looks at the replay on this where you can say, and, and listen, many times people won't be honest with this because you think that it is, it's an indictment against someone for their mistakes or shortcomings. It's not that. It's just being realistic. Like you can go to a restaurant and, and, and the meal maybe is not prepared to, it's not good. Let's just be honest. That's not an indictment to say the chef can't cook. It's just to say this particular meal, the way you shape this one, mm-mm, it ain't hidden. Sometimes people don't want to confront a question like this because you see it as an indictment against all the good. But, but it's not an indictment against the good. It's just a recognition that some of that shaping created some mess that left the hands and then got on the vessel. Um, there can be all kind of mom, mommy and daddy issues. You can have rejection. You can have abandonment. Um, you can have uh, um, a fear and not a reverential fear. Um, you, uh, you know, because it's good to reverence and honor, but a fear of not being good enough, a telephobia. You can have so many different things that go with that. How many of you tonight and then guys, we're going to I'm going to answer these questions real fast. And we're going to hop out that you believe you've got some mommy or daddy issues that you got something uh, a control, you know, so many different things. There's a difference between covering and smothering. Um, some parents, because they don't want their child to go down the same paths they do, um, they can smother instead of cover and because they don't know that there's a difference. One of the things I was doing an interview um, that will be coming out. Actually, it may be ready here pretty soon. Um, but I think it's going to come out in April uh, a call about this is my story and I'll be sharing some things. And one of the things that I want to share that my mother did so well is that she covered. She didn't smother. Um, she gave me the freedom to do what I needed to do to be the man that I needed to be. Um, she gave me the freedom to mess up and to the freedom to, you know, to, to she gave me the freedom to develop. And there's a difference between the two. Here's what I, can I be honest with you? Many times, sometimes you don't see those types of issues until you begin to grow. And as you begin to grow, you can look back and see those issues. All right. Um, and so several things there. And I want you to hear me. And we're going to deal with that tomorrow, Wednesday, um, Wednesday. And you know what? Let me say that. So you look, I wish I had that. Let me say this. Um, in that, whatever, everybody listen to me. Whatever your upbringing was, hear me, whatever your upbringing was, I need you to be very clear. It was necessary. Wow. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I need you to type that. It was necessary. Whatever your upbringing was, it was necessary. How could it be necessary? There was rape. There was abandonment. There was molestation. There was this. There was that. Listen to what I'm saying. Um, look at J uh, Joseph's upbringing. Joseph, the Bible says his, fa his father, Jacob, loved him more than the other brothers. But if you read Joseph's story, if you have our app and you did the daily Bible reading today, you heard Joseph's story again. And one of the things about Joseph's story, I, I've read the Bible like probably 10 or 11 times all the way through, probably more than that, probably like 13 or 14 times all the way through. I didn't hear something. This is why you got to go through the word over and over again. I didn't because the word is alive. I didn't hear something until today that's been in the Bible the whole time. The Bible says Joseph's report about his brothers was negative to his father. Joseph was basically a tattletale that went and told everything that his brothers did. He went and told it to his father. So his brothers hated him, but they hated him because Joseph was always telling his father their mistakes. Wow. I never heard that until today while I was at the gym. Uh, doing the daily Bible reading. And I said, whoa, I have never heard that. I've never read that. So they didn't like him, but they didn't like him because they thought he was trying to look better than them. And let's just be, then you got sibling rivalry going on, right? Basically he was a snitch. And for those of you from certain parts of the city, snitches, what they get, all right? 
Um, in that, it was necessary. Joseph is then, his, his brothers lie and say that he's died. After his brothers lie and say that he's died, he's sold into slavery. They made money. They profited off of this lie. They, they terrorized their father, making their father think Joseph died. Then Joseph is sold into slavery. After slavery, Joseph then goes to Potiphar's house. He won't sleep with Potiphar's wife, so she lies on him. Another thing that stuck out to me today in doing the daily Bible reading, I encourage you, get our app. Text Harvest to 55498 to get that app. What happened is um, the Bible says after a while, Potiphar's wife started paying attention to him. There are some people, everybody listen, they are good. But then they begin to develop an attraction towards you. And if you don't reciprocate their attraction towards you, they will try to assassinate you. Did you hear what I just said? There are some people that when they meet you, they are good. When they do everything they're supposed to do, everything is good. But through being around you, they can develop an attraction to you. And in developing an attraction to you, if you don't reciprocate, here we go, fear of rejection and abandonment. If you don't give them what they want, if you don't reciprocate, what will they do? They will try to assassinate you. I have had that happen. I've had that happen. I, listen, if I had a dollar for every time I had that happen, I have a whole, a whole bunch of dollars. Right? At the end of the day, that's what they tried to do. He would not, he wouldn't reciprocate her attraction. So she tried to assassinate him. So what did she do? She started lying on him. Y'all better hear me today. She started lying on him, making up stuff about him, saying it's this, it's that. And what did she do? She went and told the servants, hey, uh, Joseph tried to do this to me. And, jo and Joe was like, listen, girl, I'm not doing nothing with you. We do not do mess over here. We don't do mess over here. We don't do drama over here. We ain't doing that over here. And she lies on him. Then he gets thrown into prison. He gets locked up for something he did not do. Wow. This is a whole story, right? He gets locked up. He's in prison. He interprets the dreams. Long story short, he becomes Pharaoh's prime minister. Here's the point. Joseph says in Genesis 50, he says, you meant all of this for evil when he's looking at his brothers. He says, but God has turned it for my good. He says, I became a father to Pharaoh because of what you did. And I want everybody to hear me. Whatever your upbringing was, whatever your journey has been, it was necessary. Let's go up. Father, in Jesus name, I pray. God, that we will recognize and know that whatever our journey has been, it was necessary. It was necessary. It was necessary. God, that whatever we had to deal with, whatever we had to go through, whatever our story has been so far, it was necessary. Our story is our scars. Our scars are healed wounds. And those healed wounds are places, God, of strength. The strength of the skin where there's been a scar, where there is a scar, it is stronger than the skin that's around it. That means that the scar was necessary, which means the wound was necessary, which means the wounder was necessary. And you're using it for our good. And for that, we say thank you in Jesus' name. Come on. It's necessary. Like you are who you are because of your wounds and your wounds are your scars and your scars are your story. And God's getting the glory out of your story, right? Is that good? Um, so never look at your upbringing or anything about your story through a negative lens like, oh, woe is me. It's so bad. Quite the contrary. To God be the glory, um, you were able to go through all of that. Watch me. And you made it. Stop. I'm going to answer these questions because I've been on here longer than I wanted to be. Who can give God a digital praise that you made it? I need you to go. I need you to put a praise on this chat. I need you to say hallelujah. I need you to say thank you, Jesus. I need you to do hands up. I need you to say something. You made it. Yes, they made a difference between you and your brother or sister, but you made it. Yes, there was rape, but you made it. Yes, there was molestation, but you made it. Yes, there was jealousy, but you made it. Yes, they treated you differently, but you made it. Yes, they didn't do for you what they did for the others, but you made it. Come on. I need you to give God a praise that you made it. Jesus. All right. Let's get to these questions. I told you, I know how y'all were going to do. I, I, I say I'm going to do questions and then it takes a while for the questions to come in. And then boom, then there's too many of them. So I'm going to take three of them. Here we go. First one. How do you trust someone who's already betrayed your trust? You ready? You don't. You don't. It's very simple. They have to, re they have to earn that. They have to earn that. And to earn trust after breaking trust is harder than initial trust. You, you do not, everybody listen, you do not immediately trust somebody who has betrayed your trust. You don't. You don't. 
What you do is you test it. And that's what we learned on Sunday. Uh, if you miss Sunday's message, go do it. You do not immediately trust someone who's betrayed your trust. Let me also say this. Investigate. Investigate to make sure it was a, betray of, a betrayal of trust and not a misunderstanding in communication. All right. Investigate it. Um, you know, and again, it's not that you never trust again. It's just that you don't immediately get it back. You don't. But make sure that it wasn't a communication issue. I have seen many people accuse people of betraying their trust from really what they did is neither one of them were good communicators. I need you to say, Lord, make me a great communicator. Because sometimes you're angry at people for stuff they didn't do. And there's people who are mad at you for stuff you didn't do. Like you literally, who can wave at me and tell me the truth that you have some people right now that are mad at you and you're like, what did I do? And then when you hear what they accuse you, you're like, what are you talking about? You're nuts. Anybody, anybody ever had that happen? Wave at me. Wave at me. Wave at me. Wave at me. Y'all still typing, Lord, make me a great communicator. That's all right. Once you type that, wave at me. Um, sometimes there's things you didn't do. All right. I'm going to move to the next one because it's late. Let's go to the next question. How do you get out of the religious ways drilled on you as a child by a parent? I mean, serious damage. And I can't see the rest of a question, the question there. Um, <clears throat> so very simple. Sometimes the most, everybody listen, the most difficult form of learning is unlearning. The most difficult form of learning is unlearning. So what you have to do is you have to say to yourself, there's so many things. There, there was this, um, there's so many things that, um, I um, And I'm probably going to do some of it this year. We'll see. That's why I've got the unfiltered thing we're going to be doing and some other things. But there's so many things that when I said, let me lay aside what it, what is said and what does the word say? And when I looked at what the word says about several things, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, Lord, Lord, you know, that was wrong or this was wrong or this was wrong or this was this was not taught correctly or whatever. That's why when I teach, I'm giving you Bible. I am not giving you opinion. I'm not giving you uh, religion. I'm not giving you denomination. I'm not giving you my own uh, ideology. I am giving you Bible. Um, and so there's so many things that um, that that um, and I try to do it time, you know, over time. Hey, New Orleans, NOLA. Um, there's a wonderful restaurant there called, I don't remember what it was, but I ate at that restaurant. That food was so good. I can't even remember the name, but it was good though. Um, it was, now I'm going to think about it. It's on the top, like 10 list of restaurants in New Orleans. Of course, everywhere in New Orleans is good. Even when the food is bad, it's good. Um, so what you have to do is number one, recognize that unlearning is the most difficult form of learning. All right. But secondly, the best thing to sometimes do is say whenever you're confronted with something, you have to say, "Okay, so where's the Bible? What's the Bible say about this? I remember one time uh, I was sitting with um, a couple and um, and and they were leaders. This was years and years ago. Well, they actually weren't a couple at the time. They decided they were going to become a couple. And I was sitting with them and uh, they were saying something. And I said, so great. I said, so tell me, give me a Bible verse for that. I said, where in the word did you say that? And he's flipping through his little papers and all that. And he says, you know, sir, I, I, I sir, I, I can't find one. I said, because you're not going to find one because it's not one. You flip it through your papers. It's just theater. You're just doing that to pretend like you're doing something. You are not going to find a verse for what you just said because what you said is mess and you know it. I said, you can do whatever you want to do. You're grown. I said, but just don't do it in the name of God. Don't say you're doing that because of God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Don't say you're doing that in the name of God. All right, because there is no verse for that mess you just said. And don't come in here saying that kind of mess no more. All right. So just one, it's going to be difficult Two, always go Bible. Let me say this. And then two, that's why, to be honest, in your case, you, that's why you're connected to Harvest so that God can reprogram you. Right. Um, and give you the word. And, that, and then that's what I'm giving. I'm giving you the word. Like it's I'm giving you Bible. Everything I'm giving is you. I'm serving up the word. All right. And I see you say your brother refuses to go near church because of it. Here's what you want to pray that God, the Bible says straight up a child in the way that she go, that that relationship that he had with the Lord, that that part he'd return to. And when she returns to that part, he won't have an issue with church. He won't have an issue with church. He will not have an issue to uh with church. Someone said Bishop be too real. <laughs> Listen, you know, hey, praise the Lord. Amen. All right. So let's go here. Let's go. I said three questions. Let's do um let's do oh oh they got it. Oh, this is reorganized. 
Um, here we go. This is good. Okay. Um, can you be friends with unsafe people? Sure. Here's, but let me put an asterisk at the end of that. For what purpose? And everybody listen to what I'm going to say. The Bible says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed on the direction that they're headed? I, friends are fuel. Can I get a few of you to type that? Friends are fuel. If, um, if the people around you aren't fueling you to your future and fueling your faith, then what's the point? Now, I know what some of y'all are going to say. Let's, can we go here? Can we have some, can you and I, just me and you, let's pretend like nobody else is on here. Can me and you have some honest conversation? I know what some of y'all are going to say. Bishop, but some of these Christians are wretched.com. Wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's be super honest. Um, friends are fuel. And if it's not fueling your future or your faith, then you have to say to yourself, okay, what's the purpose? And I know many people will say, you know, God, some of these Christians is just, they, they ratchet, they lie. They worse than, they worse than the, uh, I was going to say something. <laughs> they, they worse than, you know, folk that don't know the Lord. Who's ever thought that? I remember part of how God um, called me into the pastor is I remember saying, God, if this is how your people are, I said, they can go to hell. I said, seriously, God, like they can go straight to hell. So now I'm not going. I said, but I got a list of people that you can send first class straight to hell. Um, because I said, God, like, this is just evil. I said, like, this is evil. I said, I've never seen evil like this. Evil people. Um, and so at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, um, what I challenge you to pray for is to pray for the right people in your life. All right. Can you be saving unsaved people? Sure. But there's always going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight The fight because you're going to talk about I got to go to church and, and that may be a fight. You're going to talk about I got to give. That may be a fight. If, if you got people that you can um, that can respect that God is first in your life and that you love the Lord and that you serve and that you do all of that. Um, if, 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 if they can do that, then perhaps you're in their life. The question becomes, Lord, why am I here? People come with a purpose and an expiration date, and you need to know that. But pray for the right people in your lives. I got to tell you, it is so important you have the right people um, in your life. And, and I prayed because I didn't just want anybody in my space because I realized everybody has agendas and motives. People want stuff. And sometimes the stuff they be wanting, you be like, that's what you want? God, dog. like I just thought we was friends. It's quiet. Um, so, yes, but they're fueling faith. So what are they fueling and where's the faith? All right. I said three. Y'all want me to do a bonus question? Let's do a bonus question. We've been on here for 50 minutes or 45 minutes, it looks like. I'm going to do one more. And then um, let me say this. Um if you don't have our app, again, get our app. Text the word harvest to 5549. I'm going to do one more. Let's do a bonus question. Ooh. And I'm just taking them in the order that the system brings them up, guys. So they reorganized the questions. And so now they just pop. It's, it's actually, I'm glad because now I can actually see them without having to get up on the phone. Um, um, how do we know we're in a season of healing? Ooh, this is good. You ready for this? You are always in a season of healing. There are, there are um, you ready for this? When we talk about, if you grew up in church, um, if you've ever watched me preach, I don't, if I talk about seasons of your life, I connect them to a biblical feast. Like you're about to start a fresh season of life because Passover starts Sunday. Like that's a feast. Um, um, you know, those types of things. Um, I connect it to that. I don't really talk a lot about Church people like this terminology, like people in church, you know, in this season. Anybody ever heard that in this season? Can I be honest with you? I hate that phrase. Oh, my God. I hate that phrase. I hate, I hate that phrase. Oh, God, I hate that phrase. In this season. Okay. All right. And here's why I hate that phrase. Because there's really only two seasons of life. Genesis 8 and 22 tells you, all right, reaping. And sowing. You're either in a sowing season or a reaping season. Um, those are the only two seasons of life. Those are the only two seasons. So what happens is 
If I am currently sowing, then that means that in that particular season, as I am sowing something, and here's the thing, in different areas of your life, you can be in a sowing or a reaping season of life, right? In one area, you can be reaping. Things are going, I mean, things are doing amazing. In another area, you can be sowing. Like you can be doing great in your money and your marriage be in a season of sowing. You could be doing great in your marriage and your money's in a season of sowing. You know what I'm saying? So you can be in a different one of those seasons in different areas of your life. To your question, how do you know when you're in a season of healing? You're always in a season of healing. You want to know why I know that? Because you are always going to be recovering from some wound. My, my, my. You're always going to be recovering from some wound. I'm going to say it a third time and I need to see y'all's comments acknowledging that you hear what I'm saying. You're always going to be recovering from some wound. Um, Ecclesiastes makes it clear there's a time and a season for everything up under heaven. Um, If you're not being wounded, listen to me. If you are not dealing with wounds, you are not walking in the right direction. God, I, I promise you I could run around my house. I'm just not in, sitting in the studio. I'm sitting in this other area of my house. But if you are not being wounded in any way, you are not walking in the right direction. You are not. How do you know? Paul says there's a great and effective door open for me and there are many adversaries. What does that mean? There are many wounds that come from adversaries. If you are not being wounded, what else does that mean? It means you're not being pruned. And the Bible says he prunes those that he loves. He takes away as because you're growing. Like you will be wounded because you're doing well. Shut up. If you do, if you are not recovering from some wound in one area of your life, you are not walking in the right direction. I, matter of fact, can we just go up and have a worship moment right there? Come on, let's go up and have a worship moment. Let's go to worship moment. God, we thank you that we are always going to be recovering from some wound in life, that we are always going to be recovering from some wound in life. So we are always in a season of healing in some area of our life. We are always during a time of healing in some area of our life. And we say thank you. There's nothing wrong because there's a problem to fix. That's what we're sent to do, solve problems. There's nothing wrong because our journey is not easy. You said that you will cut those that you love. You will prune. This means you take away that which is not growing. And so that that which is growing can get the energy. That prune is a cut and that cut hurts and that cut is a wound. But it's actually a promotion. We pray for promotion. We pray for increase. Well, the way to get it is a cut. The way to get it is a wound. And we thank you. And we thank you. But we're going to keep on walking. Come on. We're going to keep on walking while we wound it. We're going to keep on walking while we are bleeding. We're going to keep on leading. And for that, we say thank you in Jesus name. Guys, listen, I've enjoyed this time with you. Did this bless you tonight? I did four questions. I was going to do three. We did a bonus question. Let me say two things to you. One, if this was a blessing to you, so how do you sew? You can use the cash app. Only use this on Bishop Foreman, dollar sign Bishop Foreman with the number two at the end, dollar sign. Bishop Foreman with the number two, or you can go to Harvard, search that church and give. You use PayPal, Zimmo, Zelle, Givelify, all of that. Um, it's hello at Harvest Church, that church. Just the best thing to do is just, just get our app and give that way. But if you want to use the cash app, use Bishop, dollar sign, Bishop Foreman with the number two. I have to remember to say dollar sign. Um, my pastor last week, he said, I gave you the wrong cash app. I said, no, that's what it is. He said, no, you got to say dollar sign. So dollar sign, Bishop Foreman with the number two at the end of it. All right. If you want to use the cash app and then there's all the other ways you can use. Um, if you're part of Harvest, you can use text and give and all that. Last thing I want to do. If you, my pleasure, son, if you tonight are on here and you do not know Jesus or you've fallen away from the Lord or you're not sure you want to be sure. Before I hop off on three, I want you to use the hand wave emoji. I'm inviting you to Christ. Tonight at 1041 uh, Mountain Time, that's 1241 Eastern Time, I'm inviting you to the Lord. If you want to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure, I want for you to respond. Do the hand wave emoji, say it's me. One, two, three, respond right now. Wherever you're at, respond right now. I don't want to hop off of here before dropping that net and giving you an opportunity. If you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. If you're like, Bishop, I don't know where things stand with the Lord. I want you to be sure tonight. Respond right where you're at, right where you're at. Right where you are at. And guys, I always encourage you to share this because you never know who gets saved on those replays. That's when the majority of people watch stuff. It's not the live. It's the replay.
Come on. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. I'm going to wait for you. Five. I'm waiting for you. Four. I'm waiting. Three. Waiting for you. Two. Waiting for you. One. Listen, everybody pray this with me. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Say, because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I'm reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Give me the grace to run this race. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to text the word decision. Guys, can I have a few of my regulars and my digital fam, my Denver fam, Atlanta fam, Canada fam, 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 everybody. Um, can I get you to put that on the screen? Text the word decision to 55498. When you do that, it'll shoot you a text right away. To show you how to make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. Listen, guys, love you. Pray you have an amazing night tonight. Uh, cannot wait to see you tomorrow night um, for um, church, 7 o'clock Mountain, 9 o'clock Eastern. Tomorrow night's message. What is it? Help. I have rejection and abandonment issues. I promise you it is going to be amazing. And then Sunday's message is um, help. I have mommy and daddy issues. It's going to be really good. Because there's some things in you um, that that have to be, listen to me, I'm going to say this last piece. There's some things in you that have to be different from what formed you. Because you're the Abraham of your bloodline. Did you hear me? You're the Abraham of your bloodline. And you will, you will not repeat the same stuff of the generations before you. I prophesy you would be the first. Just let me go. Let me flow. Let me flow for a second. I prophesy you'd be the first. You'd be the first in your bloodline to be debt free. You'd be the first in your bloodline to not have a series of dysfunctional relationships. You'd be the first in your bloodline to own your home outright. The first in your bloodline to not worry about money or finances or the future of your posterity. That you'd be the first in your bloodline. I pray and cover you in the name of Jesus that you would be the first in Jesus' name. Amen. Ray said, I got issues, period. We all do, Ray. We all do. And let me tell you, that's why we need Jesus. And that's why we're doing this series this month, group therapy. All right, guys. Love you. Have an amazing night. If prayer, uh, if prayer. <laughs> We prayed. So, yes, if this blessed you, go so Bishop Foreman, dollar sign, Bishop Foreman, number two, or Harvest Church, the church forward slash give, Zale, give the five, Venmo, all of that, Harvest Church give. I love you guys. Have an amazing night. Y'all are still commenting, so I don't want to cut you off while you're commenting. So, I'm going to let you comment. I'm going to wait. I'm going to count you down so you can keep typing those comments. Five, four, <laughs> four, <laughs> three, four, of course, two, one. Love you guys. Have a good night. Shalom. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.